Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Walking by faith doesn't eliminate trials, troubles, or even death. But God is with us in every step. It's a great mistake to think that if you have enough faith, your life will be free of trouble, trials, sickness, and death. Not at all. Faith is the confidence that what God said will come true. It will happen. Jesus said, in this world, we will have trouble. Some teach that as Christians, we shouldn't have any trials or sicknesses. If we only had enough faith, we wouldn't have any illnesses and life would go exactly as we want. In today's message, Pastor Mark refutes this idea. Jesus himself told us that in this world, you will have tribulation. God's word cannot be broken. This is the same God who said, light be and light was. And if he says we can expect tribulation in this world, we can be sure that it's coming. What God does promise is that He will be with us in our tribulation. He will sustain us. Now that's something we can sink our faith into. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with part three of his message entitled, Faith in Action. God's not interested in this little faith that isn't vibrant, it isn't active, it isn't healthy. He's interested in faith, my faith that's growing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So the more you hear the Word of God, the more you put it in practice, my faith grows. But there's another part of that that can't happen just from hearing. God has to test us. He has to challenge our faith. And we're going to see that this morning, that if you're a Christian, God is not happy with small faith. He's not happy with inactive faith. He wants faith that's actually going to be challenged. Well, how's he going to do that? How's he going to stretch us? We have to learn to walk by faith, not by sight. Well, in this story, true story, he's going to challenge Peter's faith. Look at verse 27 again. But so that we may not offend them, Peter, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it, give it to them for my tax and yours. Now, Jesus says we don't owe the tax, but I'm going to do it so it's not going to be a controversial deal. We don't want to even go there. Could Jesus have done this? Could he just magically made a coin? Sure he could do it. He can do anything. He could have just went, here, Pete, pay the tax. Now, if he did that, would that stretch Peter's faith? No. So he says to Pete, something totally out of nature for Pete, totally stretching Pete, totally different than Pete has ever responded to before. He says, by the way, how did Pete normally fish? Tell me. 
boat and a, and a net. He doesn't tell him that. Now, could God have caused that? Pete, go on the river, and we're going to have all these fish just jump right in the boat. Just care of any of them. There'll be a corner. Could he have done that? Sure. Would that have stretched Peter's faith? No, not really. So he says to Pete, something totally out of the way. See, he wants Peter to fish by faith. By the way, most of you do that anyway. He wants him to fish by faith, not by sight. So active faith grows by stepping out in obedience to God and his word. After this miracle, Jesus wants to say to Peter, you obeyed, but the rest was all up to me. You couldn't have done what I'm going to do, Peter. Now, what do you mean Peter's going to be stretched? Well, all his life, Peter fished with a net and a boat. He never went fishing ever for one fish. The whole neighborhood knows him. Where Jesus asked him to go is the Sea of Galilee. It's right there in that northwest corner. He knows exactly the water. He knows where he's at. So notice what he says. Peter, go to the lake, throw out your line, take the first fish you uh, you catch, open its mouth, you'll find a four drachma coin, take it, give it to to them and pay your tax. Now, what does Peter have to do? Well, Peter's a fisherman of a boat and a net. He doesn't have a pole. So he has to go next door to his neighbor. Hey, Pete, what's up? Can I borrow your rod? What do you mean you want to borrow my rod? I'm going to go fishing. Peter, I've known you for 40 years. You you don't even know how to work a rod. What's wrong with your boat and your net? Well, I got to go fishing. All right. Get some of What what kind of bait do you want? Uh, Just an empty hook. What? An empty hook. So Peter's walking through town. Can you picture it? Is this stretching Peter, by the way? Yeah. See, because if it's with a net and a boat, what? Piece of cake. Cool. Next. A fishing pole with a hook and no bait. So as he's walking there, notice what's going through his mind. He begins with these questions, which you and I do when God stretches us. How? So he's thinking, how am I going to get through town without these people laughing at me like crazy? What am I going to look like on the Sea of Galilee with an empty hook? How? Is Jesus going to get a fish to come to my line and bite my empty hook? How did a coin get into the mouth of the fish? On top of that, how did a fish with a coin bite a hook? (laughs) Am I right? Here's something you want to write down. The hows of life are left to God. We just obey. The hows of life are left to God. We just obey. You see, Peter had active faith. He simply took Jesus at his word. I'm sure the how questions flooded his mind. But he just went to obey. That's what's going to stretch him. When God begins to stretch you, and by the way, Let me just stop right here. You say, Pastor Mark, nice sermon. I don't fish. What's this got to do with me? Everything. Because God is going to stretch you. Oh, not with going to fish for a coin in a fish's mouth. 
because God didn't tell you to do that. In about 20 years, God began to deal with my heart about coming to Palm Bay in West Melbourne. Took five years till he opened the door. I had a few how questions. How am I going to quit my directorship that you put me in for all those years and come down here? How are we going to buy land? Who's going to come down with us? How am I going to support myself? How am I going to get a sermon every week? I've never done this. God said, don't worry about the house. I'll take care of it. How are we going to do that? You see, we do what we can do, and you let God do the rest. So this has great application for you because he wants to use you. He wants to stretch your faith. He doesn't want your faith to be little and not vibrant. He wants it to be vibrant. So here goes, here goes old, old Pete, and he's, oh, he's obeying. He goes there, and he has this active word, and he leaves the, well, he just leaves the house to God, and he steps out in courage, and he does it. Now, think about this. Next thing you want to write, watch it, right up here. This is very important. As he's fishing, what's going through his mind? I believe this, walking by faith, fishing by faith, whatever you want to write, generates fresh excitement and passion for life. You see, if Peter had gone out in his boat, thrown the net, he'd done that a million times. It's old hat. But but here he is with a fishing rod and an empty hook, and he's fishing. He's never done it like that before. What does that create in him? Freshness, excitement. And passion. How about you? You see, he knows when he brings that sucker in and he opens the fish's mouth and there's the coin, not only is he going, unbelievable, but the people around are, give me the pole, give me the pole, give me the pole. <laughs> you see, there's, there's fresh excitement. Why? Because it's stretching us. But the reason that God wants to use you and me in passion is a passion for souls. You see, people do not know how to live life. We do. We have the answers. That should bring passion to you. Well, that's what happened in Peter's life. He knew that that kind of thing would take place. Now, when he, got, when he did something, we would call this story supernatural. But I want you to look at this definition a little differently this morning. Supernatural is sometimes, not always, sometimes God does everything, we have nothing to do with it. But supernatural is sometimes a combination of super and natural. You say, what do you mean? Well, just think about this. We do all we can do in the natural. What did Pete do? Pete threw the line out. Pete had to go get a pole. He had to go to the water. He had to throw it out. Am I right? If he doesn't throw it out, the fish doesn't jump in his lap. That's a video. It doesn't work. So he has to do everything he does. Now, after he throws that hook out, who takes over? God. Right there. You say, well, God can't direct fish. Hello. Wake up. Smell the roses. Yes, he can. He gave us authority over fish. So understand what supernatural is very often. I have to do my part. Then God does his part. I'm teaching this morning. I'm doing, I studied all week. God gave me illustrations. I studied all week. I'm doing what I can do. But when I'm done, only he can do what he can do. You see, I can't change your heart. 
I can't move you from a place of bitterness to, as the song said this morning, to a place of healing. Only God can do that. I don't know who's saved, who isn't saved, but God does. And he'll do his part if we'll do our part. So I challenge you this morning to do your part. Get challenged. Now, as we move through this, notice something else. When Peter goes and he reaches into the mouth, the next thing you want to write is this. Act of faith. Obey God and he will provide. You see, it wasn't just a matter of a fish with a coin. Jesus and Peter needed to pay the temple tax. Peter obeyed. God provided. All through the scripture, it tells us. Notice here's one in Second Peter. Peter would write about it later. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need, everything we need, everything we need for living a godly life. Let me remind you of a couple things this morning. About four or five weeks ago, I challenged you with this scripture from Malachi. I want you to see the scripture this morning, and we want to go through it for a moment. We've been trying God and testing him like we've never done before. Many times, Christians just don't get it. And the Bible gives us some promises. And let's, let me just read it to you this morning and remind you. God says this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. In other words, pay 10% off the top of your income to God. He gives you 100%. He asks 10 back, then use the other 90 and do it right. Bring it in for the storehouse. What's the storehouse? This is a storehouse. Why? Lights, electricity. You bring it here. You do your part. So that's, which part is that? That's this part. I paid my tithes. Now, if I do that with a loving heart, with a right heart, with a right heart, what's he going to say? He says, so there'll be enough food in my temple. In other words, the lights will stay on, air conditioning, all the rest. If you do, if you do your part, this is the natural part. If you do, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I, I, God, will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Here's where most Christians are. Because we know less than 10% of Christians, born-again Christians, give God 10% off the top. Here's where most Christians are. For their whole life, they stand beside the Sea of Galilee, and God says, just throw the pole in. Just throw, please, just throw the pole in. Include 10%. Throw it in. And you watch what you bring up. I'll provide for you in ways you have no clue. I'll just absolutely provide for you more than you can ever mention. I will do it. Pastor Mark, it's a nice story with the fish. Man, God could do that for Peter, but he won't do it for me. No, you're wrong. So most people go through life standing on the Sea of Galilee with needs in their life because they have not taken a step of faith. How about you this morning? It's best of my God. I mean, I, I like the story of the fish, but I don't believe I'm going to give money to God and he's 10% and he's going to give back to me. Yes, he is. I'm getting email after email after email now. People writing me say, I never tried it before. It's amazing. God's providing me. Why? Because you do what you can do. God will do what he can do. Now, you can say, well, Balmer's after money again. He's trying to do whatever. You know me better than that. You know why I'm trying to say this to you? Because living life with your wisdom is pretty boring. Number two, you don't do very well with it. Most of you are deep in debt. Number three, you want the things of this world, but they don't satisfy. Guys, cast it in. Just try it. You try it. 
right off the top with a good heart. Now, if you do this, you go home today and here's, here's writing out the check. Here's my 10%. I give my 10%. I give my 10%. But I know, I know nothing's good going to happen, but I'll give my 10% anyway. Let me tell you something. Just keep your pole. Keep your pole. God isn't interested in that. You see, Peter didn't go down there. All right, throw the stupid thing. Sure. No fish is coming. This is ridiculous. I mean, God said it, but it's ridiculous. Dave put the verse back up. See, God said this. This isn't Mark Balmer. This isn't Calvary Chapel. So when we don't obey, who hurts? Number one, you hurt. Because the window of heaven can't be open for you. I've been practicing this since it was I was five years old with pennies. I understand it. New Testament giving is always more than you can imagine. You say, well, I'm not into the tithes because Old Testament stuff. God wants all of us. I'm glad to give 10. That's where I start. I give way more than 10 today. See, that's what it's about. So not only do you hurt, but the kingdom of God hurts. Guys, we know how to do life right. We have the answers to life. We have the word of God. And so get with the program. That's what God just says to you today. Be like Peter. Throw your line in. Give it a try. You write me. You write me. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. You try it. See what happens. Now back to Matthew 17. Look at verse 22. When you get to verse 22, look up here. When we talk about faith, it's exciting. Healing, miracles, provision, unbelievable excitement happening, great things. God's ways are not our ways. But there's another aspect of faith that you won't hear from some Christians. Call the hyper-faith movement, and certainly they're going to heaven with us, but here's what you'll hear. If you have enough faith, you'll never be sick, you'll never be in a hospital, you'll have divine health, you'll have all the money you need for everything you ever want, and then you will die in perfect health. Now, how you die in perfect health, I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not making fun of them. But it is not biblical. In verse 22 and 23, Jesus for the second time tells his disciples that he's in a walk of faith, but he's going to the cross and he's going to die. He doesn't end with his death. He talks about his resurrection. We'll read it in a second, but they don't, they can't get past the death. Look at verse 22. When they came together in Galilee, he said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he'll be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. You see, Jesus was on a mission. He was going to the cross. He was going to die. He was walking by faith. When you look at the Old Testament, You see men and women of great faith. We have a capsule of it in the New Testament, Hebrews 11. Just kind of maybe this week go through that. In Hebrews 11, we have a picture of all these Old Testament saints that walked by faith. Their faith was absolutely incredible. And yet it wasn't a faith that was exempt from sickness, from heartache, from disease and death. In fact, it was just the opposite. Most of them had to suffer, and they had to endure by faith. Here's a statement I want you to write. Walking by faith doesn't eliminate trials, troubles, or even death, but God is with us in every step. It's a great mistake to think that if you have enough faith, your life will be free of trouble, trials, sickness, and death. Not at all. Faith is the confidence that what God said will come true. It will happen. Jesus said, in this world, we will have trouble. 
So it isn't this, he also said it's appointed unto man once to die. So it isn't this kind of nice, rosy faith out here. Pastor Mark, why am I sick? Well, you didn't have enough faith. No, you're sick because we live in a world that is just punished by sin. Now, you tell me, is Jesus walking by faith to the cross? Yes. He's going to the cross because his father said to him, you're coming to this earth, you're going to be beaten. He's telling the disciples this. But on the third day, you're going to be raised. Now, the disciples don't get that, and they didn't understand that. So what am I saying this morning? Listen to me very clearly. If there's anyone in this world that ever really walked by faith, it was Jesus. He said, I always do what the Father would tell me to do. So Jesus came to this earth. He began to walk. And here he says to his disciples, very soon, I know what's going to happen to me. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to die. I'm going to take your sins upon me. But after three days, I have a promise of God. You remember my definition of faith? At the end, everything will work out all right. He knew that at the end of those three days, he would be resurrected. But he still had to suffer and die. The world that we live in includes troubles and trials. But God said this, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. When I go into a hospital room, or if I have to pray when I remember over my kids or whatever, Isaiah verses so, it's pregnant with me all the time. God just says this. He says, I'm a very present help in time of trouble. You see, when I go to a hospital room, I pray for people in faith to be healed. By the way, God still heals. I do the natural thing. The supernatural is left to God. He can heal, or he may choose to heal later in heaven. I don't understand all of that. I still pray for faith. But don't go through this life with this funky brand of faith that you condemn everybody that's sick because, well, I'm super spiritual. I have more faith than you. Be careful. Some of the greatest faith teachers died of difficult diseases. Guys, the most important thing is that you know that you have faith enough that Jesus Christ can change your life. Two verses. We're going to read it together. Take a look at Romans. Let's read it together. Here we go. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me stop for a moment. He said, Pastor Michael, I believe in Jesus, and I know he's the son of God, but I don't think he was resurrected. That wasn't really true. Do you know what I have to say to you right now? You can't ever be saved. See, God promised he would raise him. So it says there, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. So you have to believe in the resurrection. Next, let's go on. Let's finish. For, here we go. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As we do what we can do, we can trust God to do what only he can do. That is active faith. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminded us that a challenging area for many Christians is in the area of financial giving. But this is a great way to learn to trust God and to watch Him work. Another great way to activate your faith is in trials. God doesn't promise that life will be free of trials, but He does promise to go through them with us. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Change. Many of us resist it. And yet Jesus said it is absolutely essential to enter heaven. He said unless you change and become as little children, you can't enter heaven. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us that change means to turn around. It's essential. What did Jesus mean? He wants us, like children, to take on an attitude of trust, faith, and dependence upon God. Have you come as a child to Christ? You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurry